It's a bitch hunt. 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 Is there any snack more erotic than the Cheeto? Yeah, probably. The way it leaves that residue on you. And you have to lick it off? Mm. I prefer to suck it off, personally. Uh, well, that doesn't seem the very only, effective. The only snack that I can think of that's more erotic than a Cheeto is those uh, gummy bears that are shaped like fleshlights. I, I gotta say, I'm not familiar with that. Do not know what that is. If <laughs> you've never been to an erotic candy shop, guys? No. Uh, you're joking, right? Yeah, I'm joking. Okay. I good. haven't been to one yet this evening. Okay. Well, that makes one of us. Here I am, snacking on Fleshlight Gummies, thinking about some of the best erotic thrillers ever made. You got Basic Instinct. You got... I'm gonna be the... real. I've yeah. never seen an erotic thriller. <laughs> I, don't, I can't say I'm that not, I I'm have I'm not sure no. if I know what one is. <laughs> I know of Basic Instinct. It's a thriller that's very erotic, apparently. But it seems to be like a genre that is a thing. Yeah, think Brian De Palma. Think 90s. Think... Think... Sexy mystery. Think the NC-17 rating. Ooh, yeah, okay, now you got me going. Well, no, back then it was X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, the, this genre predates the NC-17. Yeah, I forgot At least about in its that. heyday. I forgot that there was a world before the NC-17 rating. Yeah, I remember my friend Nate being like, yeah, I, y- you've seen, everyone and their mom's seen rated R movies, but have you seen a rated X movie? And then, and I, and then he proceeded to tell me some story about like a guy Wait. who like falls inside of an alien's mouth. Sounds pretty hot. And he watched that with his mom? Uh, no, he didn't watch it with his mom. His mom was not a part of it. I don't think. Oh. I don't think that you're meant to watch them with your mom. I was just saying Not, everyone and their mom's seen a rated R movie. Yeah, that's that's true. And I did see the movie Superbad with both of my parents. I saw the movie Bruno in the same theater as Ted's parents. I did I did too. I well, might I mean, have been you, seated right next to you, Will. If you severely stretch the definition, you could say both those films are erotic thrillers. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Bruno's pretty erotic. It's pretty erotic. I don't know where the thriller angle comes in. That's thrilling. Uh, Super bad, mildly erotic, thrilling in that, you know, exciting stuff happens. But we're going to pitch three more traditional erotic thrillers, to the best of our understanding, since we haven't (laughs) seen any. (laughs) In the same vein as classic erotic thrillers like Basic Instinct and... uh, and that's about it. And basically, <laughs> that's the only too. example we've got. <laughs> it's the only example we've got, and none of us have seen it. So, yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do our gosh darndest to to pitch some good films here for you guys. Uh, but just think of this as kind of a spiritual reimagining of the genre. I mean, that can be said of many of the episodes of Pitch Hunt, is that we're taking brave new steps into revitalizing types of movies that don't necessarily get funded as much anymore. But this is just straight up going to be a reimagining. Uh, so, you know, I really don't know how much more there is to say, how much more foreplay there needs to be before we get into the uh, before we get into the action. Oh, what well, do you think, guys? something that I was going to say is, um, you know, Jacob, last episode you were talking a lot about those mega stuff Oreos, uh-huh. and 
yesterday I got my hands on some double stuff because it had been a while since I cracked open an Oreo. And sure. I got to say, boy, you nasty. Like, I <laughs> had a couple of those double stuff, and I was like, if I... If I created a quadruple stuff with this, uh-huh. like that would be way too much. Like, like I've, I'm pretty much in the Goldilocks zone for for stuffing right now. And 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 to hear that you cannot even be satiated, the amount of stuffing that you desire exceeds that of mega stuff. Like that, well, the, you really you really have quite a uh, quite a thing for stuffing, I guess. Yes and no. I feel like you're kind of misrepresenting my experience with Oreos because not if I recall correctly, what I said was that mega stuff wasn't too much stuffing. I didn't say that it was the perfect amount of stuffing. And now if you were to create a double double stuff Oreo, I'm pretty sure that would be more stuffing than a mega stuff Oreo. I would say that a mega stuff, and I, I just like to to get this out there. I am by no means an expert in Oreos. Like I, I eat Oreos. You just as dream a, about as them a sinful pleasure. Excuse me. You just dream about them occasionally. I just dream about them. I dreamed about them once. Okay, I dreamed about them once, mm-hmm. and I, I'll admit it. I, I had that dream about Oreos. Mm-hmm. Does that make me an Oreo fanatic? Maybe. But I don't consider myself, my point is, I don't consider myself an expert in Oreos. I don't consider myself, and I am not, a, a, a frequent eater of Oreos. Uh, it just so happened that a couple of the last couple episodes that we, uh, that we recorded, I talked a little bit about Oreos, okay? I, I don't have a problem, okay? Okay, okay, I you don't. don't have a problem. I don't, and I don't appreciate being called nasty for my Oreo preferences either, by All the right. way. All right, I thought you would appreciate that, but I guess I, meant, I got you wrong. I he meant kind of nasty in like a reclaiming of nasty type of positive way, yeah. like nasty woman. Yeah. Okay, you know what, I'll accept that. I'm not thrilled about it, but I am erotic. Erotic about it? Yeah, I am pretty erotic <laughs> about it. Good. Well... I'm going to jump into my pitch. Yeah, yeah, please. If you don't do mind. It. Please. Do it. I Wait, don't mind at all. I, I, need, I need to take a, a sip of this very cool beverage. Thank you for holding us up for <sighs> okay, that. Okay, yeah, now I'm ready. Go. So my character, my main character, much like your beverage, is pretty cool. Ooh. Her name is Indigo Sinclair. Indigo Ooh. Sinclair. Man, I just heard a sax lick after that. And she's a detective in Queens in her early to mid-30s. She's good at her job. Okay. Like, really darn good. Does she still have it going on? She's still got it going on. She's played by Yvonne Strahovski from Chuck. Oh, does she ever have it going on? The main heroine of Chuck. Wow. It's been a while since I've thought of Yvonne. Now, it hasn't been that long since I've thought about her, to be completely honest. Um, But in the time that she was starring on Chuck, I considered her to be the most beautiful woman in television, if not in the world, and uh, so needless to say, I am I am down for this pitch. So, would you say, Luke, that Indigo Sinclair is is good at detecting things? She's the best. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. <laughs> I also but, think he yeah he already did say that she was good. at Well, detecting she's, he things. said he was good at her. She was good at her job, but which you is know. being a okay. Splitting hairs here. <laughs> go on, go on, Luke. But there's one thing that troubles her day in and day out. That's that a few years back, her husband was murdered beneath the Jamaica subway line. Oh, oh my god. No. By members of a diamond-thieving gang called 
The Tough Boys. <laughs> oh, The Tough Boys. <laughs> now that paints a that paints a grisly picture, Luke. Um, and the reason her husband was murdered was because she put the kingpin of the Tough Boys away. Aww. So it's been two years, maybe a little more than that, but she can't do anything but work now. She just works herself to the bone, trying to forget her guilt, if even for just a short second. Work is her life, and she just sort of has this routine. She'll work 15-hour days at the office, stumble home with a bottle of whiskey, and fall asleep until she can do it all over again. Wow. Boy, this sounds like a sad life. It is a sad life. Okay, yeah. So when an undercover Jap comes in, she jumps at the opportunity. She just wants to dive in even deeper and here's the gig she'll infiltrate a crew of high fashion counterfeit dealers mm-hmm. wow build some evidence mount a case and take them down all right sounds easy enough it does it, sound easy enough right it also sounds potentially erotic well jacob yeah seems like you're pretty good at detective work yourself there <laughs> oh. <laughs> good catch jacob because i thought it didn't sound erotic at all well, you don't know fashion then, Will. Yeah, you need to go back to fashion school and detective school, Will. Okay. Get it together, Will. I'll put in my, my application tomorrow. Good. So once she gets undercover, she realizes something. She's kind of into this life, you know? She hasn't really taken any time for herself the past few years, and she likes the glitz, she likes the glam, she likes the money, and guess what? 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 The head of this racket, this guy named Nick Wu. Oh, man. Played by John Cho. Oh. Oh. He's a bit of a hard-bodied charmer. (laughs) And he coyly flirts with her with every single line of dialogue that comes out of his mouth. (laughs) Every single line. Every single line. That's quite a feat. Now, I I don't want to put you on the spot, Luke, but... Like, I'm imagining the scene where uh, he's, like, giving her the giving her the specs for the job. Is, is that his is that his role in this? Like, he's kind of he's kind of laying down the law, setting up yeah, the rules. Yeah, he is doing that, but he also is clearly trying to seduce her. So I'm just wondering. He, he's given her extra like. attention. I, again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what would, what would that sound like? I'm putting you on the spot. So say her initiation mission is to. To bring in some counterfeit goods. Right. A minute. So she finds a supplier on the black market. Okay. Brings him the goods. And he's evaluating them. Right. Okay. okay. So he's saying, like, these are of the finest quality. Oh. <laughs> Just like something else I've got my eye on. Oh. <laughs> Stuff like that. Just so, nonstop. So, so his game is very innuendo heavy, you know? It is. And eventually, Our Lady Indigo, she just can't take it anymore. She starts having these sexy dreams about him when she falls asleep. Oh, wow. Keep in mind, she hasn't been with another person in over two years since her husband died. So she's got a yearning. She's got a yearning. Yeah. Mm. We all have And that yearning builds and builds. Her dreams become more and more sexual (laughs) until one day she decides, you know what? I'm going to make this a reality. Yeah, you go, girl. Shoot your shot. They become lovers. Oh. And one night, after they make love for several hours straight. Oh, wow. That escalated (laughs) quickly. How much of that are we seeing on screen? 
Well, we see it in montage form, but the montage itself is like at least 10 minutes. Nice. Man. Nice. Man. So Nick tells her about a little dream of his own. He wants to break out of the counterfeit game and move into the stolen jewelry game. Oh, man. Whoa. And he has his eyes on this vault. Oh, boy. There's a catch with the vault. The temperature in the vault is set at exactly 98.69 degrees. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, I was gonna because say. that's the optimal temperature to keep these jewels so, uh, in perfect condition. It sounds like they need to uh, get things a little bit hotter than body temperature. If you well, know the what thing I mean. is, Will, uh, I know, I know what you mean. Will Nick runs just slightly too hot. He runs at ninety-eight point seven degrees, oh. and no one else on the crew runs cool enough to go with him. So, sounds like he needs uh, someone... except Indigo Sinclair. Oh, oh wow! She runs at ninety-eight point six eight, so oh. they average the perfect oh. temp. Now, there's like a slight. Okay, so there's a slight discrepancy. Are they exactly the same mass? They are. Wow, okay, oh, then wow. never mind. There's no discrepancy whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, the, there's a slight complication, though. Do yeah, they sweat it, the same amount? Were you going to say the complication is clothing? Yes, that's exactly because, what I was going to yeah, say. Any okay. clothing that they wear would alter their, right. their body oh. temperature, so they have to go in nude. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, oh as they're doing God. all these calculations <laughs> to figure out how this is going to work out... Um, you know, there's a lot of places they have to deal with <laughs> a lot of, you know, I, I, I know that this like might break the mood a little bit, but you know, we got to have a little bit of a, got to get a little math in there, right? Carrying that zero. Mm, I thought you were going to let Luke say it, but oh, it feels so right. It is so right. And listeners, if you're at home, uh, you can say it too. Say it along with us. Carry that Carry zero. Carry that zero. It yeah. feels good rolling scream, off the tongue. Scream it from the mountaintops. Let your, let your hair down as you as you just scream, carry the zero in ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they do it. They pull off the sexiest heist of all time. Wow. They get a scientific amount, I think, is a buttload of Ooh. jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, out I of think this. you're right. I think you're right. Probably and the they smuggle it out too. of the vault in their butts. <laughs> wow. Now... Oh, that! I suppose since the since the jewels are being held at that temperature, I was going to say now that might change the temperature of their bodies. But if the jewels are exactly the same temperature, I, th- I think that that math still checks out. Yeah, yeah, because they've been in this room long enough to calibrate. They're the same temp. Now I would imagine that there would be quite some uh, some thrills in there because, as we know, when you get uh, shall we say aroused. The phrase hot and bothered comes to mind. And, I, you know, I, I am no medical professional, but I think that that might be a literal thing where your, uh, your body temperature might rise a little bit. You might flush just a tiny bit. You might get a fever of brewing. You're not wrong. So how do they deal with it, Luke? Well, they have to be blindfolded <laughs> so that they can't see each other. <laughs> but the blindfolds are really just their hands because... There can't be any clothing, like I said before. <laughs> That's super hot. They're just walking naked into a vault with their hands over each other's eyes. Over each other's eyes? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you, Luke said that the only blindfold is each other's hands. Oh, okay. oh wait, I guess they could blindfold themselves. I was thinking <laughs> they would do it to themselves, but right. But well, you know what? It could be. It could be that, whatever. Uh, there's another layer of complication in that getting those diamonds up their poopers. Uh, yeah, they just turn away from each other. Okay. Ram them up there. Okay. Fair enough. Wait, why do so they, they have to turn they, away from each other? Let's just move past this. Okay. They get out of the vault. <laughs> um, they celebrate with another 10-minute-long sex montage. Hope they got those jewels out of their poopers first. Yeah, well, that's a part the, of the, the montage. Of climax, do a As bunch they're of making love, they're, they're pulling their... jewels out of each other. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so, so far, Luke, this is pretty heavy on the erotic, but also heavy on the thriller, so good job. <laughs> Thanks, man. No problem. Uh, but they have one more step. Sure. To complete, and that is selling these jewels for a profit. After they clean them, they clean them first. Then okay, they go good. to sell them. They, they might be able to make even more of a profit if they didn't, though. Mm. Depending on the customer. Well, unbeknownst to Indigo Sinclair, uh-huh. The customer happens to be a little gang called the Tough Boys. Oh my god. Man, I forgot about those them. guys. She hates them. She does hate them, and she shows up blind. She doesn't know they're the buyer. Uh, Nick saw no reason to warn her because he doesn't know about her past. Right. So they show up. She's immediately recognized. Ugh. The Tough Boys pull out guns. Mm. And they take Nick and Indigo into custody with them. Huh. Custody? Well, they're, they're custody. Okay. Not like police custody. Right, right. That would be kind of weird. <laughs> um, so they throw like hoods over them or something, throw them in the back of a van, and then once the hoods are removed, they're in just some like dank warehouse basement, something like that. Sure. And sitting before Indigo is the husband she thought was dead. Oh my god. You see, he faked his own death because he knew that Indigo was getting too close to the gang that he was the actual kingpin of. Oh Oh my god. He set up a proxy to take the fall for him, faked his own death, so she thought that he'd have nothing to do with the gang, and then behind the scenes for the past few years has quietly continued to run this gang. Wow. What a chode. Yeah. He's a chode, but you know what? What? He's played by the very attractive Ryan Reynolds. Oh, no so, way. Even though he's a chode, she's still very attracted to him. From like a, yeah, okay, I can see that. I can see that. The mind, it's kind of like a mind says no, but the body says yes situation. Yeah. So obviously she's furious. She's confused. But he doesn't kill her. He tells her, I'm just going to keep you here. Keep you prisoner. But... You know what? We can hang out. We can have sex. <laughs> but does, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill your boy Nick okay. here. I was gonna say, how does he feel about that situation? So right in front of her, he shoots Nick in the head. Oh no! Dang. And now we're left with a very devastated and confused Indigo Sinclair, and we get what appears to be the old uh, Stockholm syndrome type effect going on. Oh shit. He's, he's just she so, agrees he's to so terms. Sexy. Yeah. He's so sexy. It's. Yeah. I mean, if if John Cho was hard bodied, I don't know how else you would describe like Ryan Reynolds. 
diamond body. Diamond bodied for a diamond thief. Right. Two time superhero Ryan Wet Reynolds. <laughs> At least no, three time. Oh yeah. Between the Green Lantern and Pooley. So over the months he oh, uh right. never mind. <laughs> he keeps visiting her in this basement and she appears to slowly warm up to him. Their chemistry comes back. Things get a little bit erotic. <laughs> and finally one day they're about to consummate their marriage again. Wow. They're about to like renew their vows? <laughs> this is pretty fucked up, Luke. I don't think but... you know what consummate means. <laughs> <laughs> They've been consummating. <laughs> no, they haven't been consummating yet. Oh, okay. She's she's been resisting him so far. Has he just been like sort of brushing her skin with feathers and stuff? <laughs> yeah. So she lets him get close. They're about to do it. And then she chokes him to death. Whoa! Because wow. the best way she's to go. such a good undercover actor that she was able to fool him, you know? She wasn't gradually falling back in love with him. She was gradually plotting her revenge. Incredible. So she takes him out, leads the cops back to this warehouse where they're able to take down the whole gang. Nice. And Indigo Sinclair lives another day as the best detective are, just are, in Queens. Are they just hot cops? Oh. I mean, of course they're hot cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would Indigo Sinclair work with unattractive people? Not the Indigo Sinclair that I know. <laughs> and you know her well. I do. Oh, I've known her. Yeah, so that's it. Wow. That's my pitch. That that was, uh, I was full of twists and turns. Yeah, but it had a that beginning, was... a middle, and an end, and they were all sexy. They were all sexy, and all pretty thrilling. And you answered the one big question that I had, which was that, how did this detective that was so good at her job and cared so much about her work fall into self, such a tough crowd with John Cho and then apparently just, like, not use her detective work or her police training or anything? But guess what she was the whole time, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that the whole uh cover-up thing with the husband faking his death cuz then she she's kind of she she's forced off the beat a little bit, you know. Yeah. yeah. So so it's like it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think it's an <laughs> it's it's like airtight but also very sexy. Luke, you you let off with uh, maybe the per- the perfect uh, erotic thriller. So we got a tough act to follow. Yeah. But first, I, I mean, we're all erotic thriller experts, so I take that as a high compliment. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. First, let's uh, let's ship that. Yeah, let's ship it. Ship it right up the pooper. Yeah, I guess right up the pooper. This is what I got. All right, it's the it's the it's the Middle Ages. It's <laughs> yep. like the, it's like the twelve hundreds. Yeah, mm. set in right. the mood. That was an erotic time. It everybody sure lives. Everybody. It's feudal Europe. Everybody lives in thatched roof cottages. Thatched roof cottages. Yeah, what yeah, a yeah, thrilling yeah. architectural element.
Right. Um, you know, the Roman Empire has fallen. We're in what some may call the Dark Ages. You know? Only historians. Um, you know what happens in the dark a lot? You know what happens in the dark a lot? Well, I'm going to tell you. All right. Yeah. Nightcrawlers. Say it. <laughs> so. Say it nice and slow, Will. Sex. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens in the dark, fellas. All right. But anyway. That's, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm not done with my pitch. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm worried that you, you, you shot your wad a little too early there, Jacob. Well, I just, I got to warn you, Will, it's probably all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, our main character is a sweaty, burly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, blacksmith, right? Mm-hmm. And he he's living in this this thatched roof village under the tyranny of the great. Uh, sort of feudal lord of the realm um, and there's a big castle kind of on a hill overlooking the whole the whole uh, village and his business is a humble one he typically just is making you know horseshoes and cartwheels and stuff like that you know sure but he Does that has fall under a, a, a blacksmith's purview. Yeah, I guess he, he, he. That's more more of a Cooper's job. But sure. you know, um, but, he's a man. Okay. Of, but he's a jack of all trades. He's a, he's a jack of all trades. But primarily, his trade is uh, blacksmithing. Smithing. Right. Um, so here we go. So he is. You know, he, he's of good repute and. Uh, his the legend of his great smithing is is well known in the realm and all of the villagers like him and but he remains and 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 all of the 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 fair maidens uh bat their eye upon him because he is very very gorgeous and um, skillful with his hands he's skillful with his hands all of that smithing has made his arms very bur- burly and sweaty um who he plays this has, guy will yeah. uh I want to put a name, a face to this. Just like a name. big, a big blonde beefcake with long hair, you know. I, Chris I, Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's <laughs> gotta else? be. It's gotta be Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's it's Chris Hemsworth, guys. Good, because that's what I've been imagining all along. <laughs> and haven't we all? <laughs> I just had to say it. it I we were gonna go the whole episode leaving it unsaid, but you here we're just gonna go ahead and say it. It's Chris Hemsworth, all right, and he awesome. he's big and burly. All the women are casting a beautiful eye upon him, and um, but he remains conspicuously chaste and uh, and without without a, a fair maiden uh, oh. to call his lass. Um, and so anyway, uh, one day the uh. The black knights come down from the hill and say, We've heard about your blacksmithing and how of good repute it is in the realm. And we'd oh, like man. we'd like to hire you to uh, do some work for the for the 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 king of the realm and he's like well i i have really no choice because we're living in a feudalist system so i i guess i'll do that and so his Hot. basically the the evil black duke or whatever of the of the realm he um <laughs> by which i mean like evil you know okay uh, yeah let's yeah move, moving on yeah <laughs> 
you know, like like the Black Knight. You know, he's like he's shrouded in blackness. Um, yes. Who who plays him? Yeah, who plays him? Uh, That's a good way of going. I don't know. He's just uh, he's he's not super important. But let's just Tim- go. Let's say it's Timothy Oliphant. Let's go with Timothy. Yeah, let's go with t- Timothy. 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 Um, awesome. He uh w- he has been you know really like uh driving the peasants super hard and uh been been uh kind of ruling over with an iron fist and he needs new implements of torture and shackles made for his 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 torture dungeon Um, this is is so sexy so so you know the humble blacksmith chris is like all right i could do that and he makes a (laughs) bunch he makes like a bunch of like you know uh torture implements and shackles and uh you know instruments of bondage you know and he packs them up in his cart and he goes up to the castle right um and he goes down into the dungeons and the the dungeon master the dm as we call it for short right um, <laughs> He is also very, very, very sexy. <laughs> he's he's got a, a, a he's basically big and burly, but he's got like kind of like really spiky like metal, you know, because this is kind of anachronistic, you know. This is like your uh your your sexy medieval drama. It's not like oh, your yeah. historically accurate. medieval drama so you know he's got like he's got like a collar with spikes on it and shit like that you know right yeah Um, but he's he's also he's just like he's super tall super dark super handsome you know channing tatum yeah it's it's i mean it's fucking channing you you guys (laughs) we don't have to spell this out for the audience but yeah you're right it's channing tatum so anyway chris hemsworth and channy tatum they take a look at one another and there's a spark they're like oh oh my hello hello fair sir each of their biscuits is Um, immediately buttered but you see uh while there's a lot of anachronistic and not historically accurate things about this world one thing that is very much true to history is being gay is not okay in this world. Uh, they're 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 they are old backwards folk, who who are not okay with the whole you know homosexuality situation, right? No, people people back in that, those times were conspicuously not woke. Yeah, they were they were conspicuously unwoke back then right, in right. in medieval times, right? So you know they have to wait for the for the. Uh, the, the 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 evil knights and the and the you know everybody's back to be turned but then you know they just like jump each other's bones you yeah, know they do. yeah they and do. so there's like a, a very very steamy um sex scene and then uh and then you know it's from then on uh it's them just trying to keep this this love affair sa- secret, you know. Maybe uh, here I'm kind of running out of steam, but I'm just kind of no. trying to figure well, out how to how to inject some steam back into this, if you know what I mean. Well, I think like a a chamber boy has to see them. Yeah, or that's something. what I was thinking. Is they they get seen, and then there's this like they have to like shut up the chamber boy somehow by like getting him out of the picture. 
you know uh were you so, gonna say I mean, that they have a, they have a lot of they have a lot of tools at their disposal yeah. well this is the thing i didn't know where you were going with this luke d- d- does does the chamber boy need to be punished is that what you're saying <laughs> N- no i was thinking like an actual child uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that just that's sapped all the sexual energy out of this. <laughs> okay. Well, we could have some, what like, I was thinking. We could have some really like dark brand shit happen where like they actually have to like just get this kid, like they have to kill this kid to sort of protect themselves. Wow, that's. But then it turns out it wasn't a chamber boy at all, but the <laughs> prince playing chamber boy. Oh shit! Yeah. No. I, and then there's a manhunt. Because because I I'm so far kind of light on the thriller element. Right. And, I was and gonna I, say. I I think that the way to to the way to do this is to have it be like super like it gets super dark like they have to drive themselves to some pretty crazy places to keep their steamy affair secret you know. Yeah. And the plot is always thickening. Like, like as Luke said, the chamber boy turns out to be the prince. The prince is missing. The the you know the black duke of the realm is is very um. Dude, Timothy's not going to be happy. Timothy about is that. not happy about it. Yeah, not at all. He's going to call in his tracker buddy, Mark Strong. Oh, it could be even a pair of tracker buddies, like Mark Strong and Joe Manganiello or Manganiello, or however you say that dude's name, or a trio, Ad and Vigo Mortensen. Oh, shit. oh yeah, I don't know if he's quite beefy enough, but he's a he method can beef actor. Up. Yeah, he yeah. can beef, beef up. up. He's very old, but you know that's okay. He can be like the wise uh, leader of the trackers. Yeah. He's never done that before. No, he's never done that before, ever. So this would be a good first role to be the wise leader of the trackers. Nice. Yeah. And then they have to seduce the trackers one by one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, get some daddies in the picture. Definitely. And, like, I think all along the way, uh, Chris should be still crafting, like, objects of, of bondage and torture. And yeah. They should they should use them all yeah. and find well, out the- that... That might be another like element of 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 like sort of threat is that like they their their threshold for like really um like nasty bondage is like getting higher and higher and they they need to use progressively more like dangerous and crazy instruments to like right. satiate to one another to get their thrills. Yeah. So like so it's like and their kills. The yeah. It's and like part kills. part sort of homoerotic twit tryst and and you know on the download and down on the down low excuse me and then part um sort of like bondage uh like dungeon uh fetish, sort of fetish shit. F- fetish shit but also like you know a little bit dangerous a little bit you know piquant mm. well that was a slip of the tongue will when you said on the download but <laughs> i would certainly download this film oh yeah I- to watch wanna, at home. I don't know that I'd want to watch it at home. Yeah. I'd want to see this on the big screen. Yeah. And I would certainly download this episode many times on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts so that we can listen to my relate relation of this many, many times. <laughs> that was a really smooth, uh, smooth promotional bit. You just did there well. Yeah. Congrats. That was... You're a real wordsmith. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, uh, are there any more thrills to be had in this in this film? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how it's gonna really end. I think, I mean, I think that what they're gonna eventually have to do is kill Timothy. Sure. And so then, then you got a really great, satisfying ending where the the peasants are 
uh, freed from the the binds of their feudal state and they and they can just live like a a a happy new democratic like um sexually uh, awoken sexually awoken yeah Yeah. well maybe they won't feel like with with a big wave of freedom comes one massive orgy yeah and that could be the finale a really really great like that would be since we're going so wild and anachronistic like I don't think this has ever been done before where you have like a historical homosexual f- erotic film where everybody just gets woke in the end. Like, like people are just like, Hey, I'm gay. Free, it's fine. And then yeah, like, free love and is then, great. yeah. And then suddenly like all of feudal Europe is just fine with it. That would be a kind yeah. of a happy way of ending it. Wouldn't it? Sure yeah, it would, but I, I need to correct you there, Will. There's actually, like, dozens of historical homoerotic thrillers that end that way. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. more than dozens. All right, I'm sorry. Probably hundreds. Very cliche. I'm yeah. really, I'm really, yeah, don't don't drag me in, uh, you know, don't send me emails about all of the homoerotic f- films where everybody becomes woke at the end. But please do, actually. Send us all the links that you can. We'd love yeah, to see them. we would love to see the links, but only the links. <laughs> but only the links. Sure, well, sure. I think we got to ship this, Will. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love the way how at the at the end of that, although you, uh, they were free from the bondage of this, uh, you know, the suppressive regime. They're also free in a different way to bind and be bound. <laughs> yeah, I think that was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of motifs on bondage. I think in this. Sure, sure. As any great erotic thriller should have. Well, that was great. All right. Well, hmm. I think it's time for sex robots, eh, Jacob? Oh, hold on now. First, first of all, before before I even uh, breach that broach that subject, we gotta we gotta ship your movie off. Oh, I thought we already did. Okay. I already did. Oh, you already did. Well, I'm shipping it right off to the dungeon. If that but- wasn't clear already. <laughs> Please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast. We'd really love it. It would mean a lot. It don't take a lot of thought to listen to our podcast. We're just talking, and sometimes there's songs. You can't avoid the thing that Will just brought up, Jacob. Well, you have had many opportunities to pitch a sex robot film. Yeah, you know, I've and you've skirted all of them. Every day, you dream about either Oreos or sex robots. That means that I have a lot of dreams about sex robots because I've only dreamt about our exactly. Once. Yep. So, all the more reason to pitch a sex robot pitch for our... and there's really nothing more erotic than a sex robot. Well, yeah. you, you know, I I don't want to spoil my pitch yet, so I'm just going to tell you that uh, much it's it's going to be a very different setting for my film than Will's Middle Ages. So while Will's film was set in 1200. My uh, my film will be set in the year twelve thousand. Whoa, that's okay. way in the future, man. That's like where does it take place? It takes place in the city of New New York. <laughs> New New York, classic. Yes, this is in no way related to uh, Futurama. Futurama, a favorite show of all of ours, perhaps my very favorite show, one that I didn't appreciate. When I was younger, when Luke tried to show it to me, 
because it just wasn't the Simpsons, but I I now have grown to love. It's again though, it's it this has nothing to do with Futurama. It just happens to be set in the future and in the city of New New York. Okay. So in the year 12,000 in New 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 York, there are no humans. There are only robots. Oh my god. <clears throat> so the citizenry is entirely robotic. Humanity had long since died out. Um, there is some, uh, presumably some kind of apocalyptic event, um, maybe global warming, maybe the Yellowstone super volcano, maybe an alien invasion, maybe in a, maybe a robot uprising, maybe a combination of all of those things. Do these robots approximate human feeling? They do. They approximate both human feeling and human appearance. Um, like sexual anatomy included. Oh, very much so. Very okay. much so. Very okay. much so. And uh, yeah, so we're kind of just thrust into this world. Thrust. Yes. Oh, that was yeah. a very intentionally chosen word. That's the a sex opening gesture. Of this, the opening of this film. You know what? No, it's not. The opening of this film is just a, a regular day in New New York. Sure. Uh, you know, we get the we get the crowd scenes. We get the futuristic vision of of what a a futuristic robot inhabited New York City would mm-hmm. look like. Did you know that old New New York was once New old, New Amsterdam? New New Old Amsterdam. I don't know. I'm not I'm not quite sure how the math works. Why out Why they there, changed I, it, I can't say. I guess people just liked it better that way. Um, yeah, it's a real thinker. Anyway. We're in New New York. <laughs> you know, the, conspicuously, the, build, the buildings are taller. They're shinier. Uh, like blindingly shiny? Like blindingly shiny. Like you the, can't even watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, they, they're, they're going to be handing out sunglasses at this movie. Because <laughs> that's how shiny it is. The sun is also closer to the earth. That's an interesting stylistic choice. <laughs> this movie is only sexy for people who are really into hurting their eyes. <laughs> That's a fetish. That's definitely somebody's fetish. I mean, count me in. <laughs> I think you can count us all in. But yeah, so we get this blinding opening shot of a uh, of a painfully bright new New York. Robots happily walking down the streets, got some super cool futuristic concept hover cars. You got, uh, you know, you got just like airplanes, not airplanes, but flying cars like zooming about uh, on an, uh, you know, on an elevated level above the hover cars that are near the streets. You know, you might follow a character, see him go into a into a robo pizza shop, and ah, nice. you know, eating a pizza made out of nuts and bolts and stuff. Uh, so, you know, this is it's not completely alien to us what this world looks like, but it's just it's futuristic. Yeah, uh, like people are just doing like normal modern day human stuff, but they're robots. But they're robots is robotic. the thing. Yeah, uh, it's it's all robotic and like. Conspicuously, again, not fleshy. Yeah, but super shiny. Mm-hmm. Ve- like a uh, very, very shiny. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I can't emphasize enough how shiny everything is. <laughs> um, like this is the kind of movie where if you watch it on your TV at home, it would burn out the display. Yeah. Oh wow! Like yeah. you need to wear those eclipse glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I said sunglasses at the beginning, but no, it, it would be straight up eclipse glasses. If you looked at this film. Uh, without these glasses on, you would 
burn your retinas and eventually go blind. Yeah, you want a high-quality OLED TV with little burnout, you know. <laughs> Donald Trump will watch this straight on, though. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, I could not have put it any better, so yes. But enough about how shiny this movie is. Uh, we're following... You know these these various characters, kind of just like you know, we're we're taking a peek into the day in the life, and then we start to zero in on this this one uh, this one robo lady, um, and uh, we follow her as she walks into uh, a building, and it appears to be like a college building on a college campus, and it turns out that it's a it's a robo lab, hmm. and she is uh, actually. Giving or she's instructing a, a class full of robobiology students. Um, and this particular robobiology. Wait, so is this the study of robot biology or or human biology? Human biology that is being learned by robots. Now, this is actually a, a big point of controversy because uh, in a lot of schools, they do not teach human biology. But in other schools, they do. Oh, and it's man. like there's this like weird kind of like pseudo religious debate that goes on about whether it's right to teach human biology right alongside robo biology, like robot biology. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this particular institution, the two are taught side by side. Okay. In the same class? It, what? No, it- there are no humans. In the no, same yes, no. in the same class, they're teaching. They teach both the biology of robots, as okay. it were, and human biology. All right, just, just I'm loading up on credits here, so I want to make sure that I get all my bases covered. Sure, you got about ten thousand years to to figure that out okay. before this before this becomes a reality. But uh, anyway, so this this particular uh, lab and class is uh, they are experimenting with tissues. Ooh. Um. Animals, uh, I guess, are still a thing. It's just humans aren't. So they're like, they're toying around with, uh, all right, see you, Luke. Thanks for being here for a while and leaving in the middle of my pitch. Ugh. Uh, he's going to miss a really important part of this because there's a small group of students that are very interested in the history of humans. Mm-hmm. Like, very interested. Very, like, very interested okay. in the history of humans. They want to experiment with some human tissue, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. That's not exactly follow. what it is. Enough time, though, has been spent on the, the establishment of the robot world here, so we're going to start to move towards the erotic thriller Wait, part is it film. shiny, this world? I, <laughs> I, think I, I, think I, already, I think I already said it's, like... Very shiny, Will. Like very, very shiny. Okay. Like I, I like I. It's very shiny, Will. <laughs> Is the name of the school shiny and NYU? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, S H I N Y U. So like shiny you. But it's got to be two N. Shy NYU. Shy. Yeah, you're right. It's like shiny you. <laughs> These, okay, again, these details aren't important. Like, really, this whole, all this establishing that I've done 
isn't that important to the movie. Okay, okay. So I said that this robobiology professor uh, was the most important character. It was like kind of the main character. Lies. The most important characters. Wow, what a twist. (laughs) The most important characters all along were a small study group Mm -hmm. who, uh, this whole group, there are five robot students, and they are double majoring in robobiology and also the very controversial study of ancient religions. <gasps> oh, man. And they have been in this ancient religions class, and they've brought up this this ancient text that used to have a great importance, uh, known as the Bible. The Bible. Yes. And okay, they never heard es- of it, but all are right. Es- they are especially interested. Is it, is it the Bible that we know? Yes. In the Christian world, or is it like Fifty Shades of Grey or something? Fifty Shades of Bible? Well, I mean, the, the Bible is already, like, it's pretty raunchy. Like, it's pretty sexy. So there aren't that many changes that are made in this. But these mm-hmm. students are most interested in uh, the very, like, kind of the origin story in the Bible, which okay. is the story of Adam and Eve. And they have this twisted idea that down in a dank cellar, they're going to try to recreate this story. Oh, and they're going to try to genetically engineer approximations of humans. Oh, man. And try to create a new human race. Oh, man. So, after this uh, lab that they had been in where they're experimenting with human tissue, they finally think that they have the information that they need. Between the Bible stories and the biology that they have learned to create these humans. So one dark and stormy night, they head down to the dank cellar below their dorm room. Below their dorm building. They don't all live in the same dorm room. That mm-hmm. would be too mm-hmm. many people for a single dorm room. Yeah. But the five of them, uh, they do some some real science. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some chemistry going on there. So in their brains, when they're like doing maths and stuff. Yes. Like since they're robots, right? They don't need to like, they don't need to do any sort of long form adding and subtracting, right? Like they can just do that immediately. Yes and no. They're limited by the computing power of their, of their robo brains, which Uh, is very fast. So, I mean, to the, to the human viewer, uh, wearing their eclipse glasses he don't see much time passing mm-hmm. but if you are a robot watching this mm-hmm. it might be painfully long because yeah. these are only students after all i mean they're yeah not... so so because of all of that limited processing power are there any sort of remainders that they might need to keep you know keep keep you know, going strangely enough they have to carry a lot of ones Ah. Oh. hmm like the zeros, they're pretty good with. Oh, so they're kind of because they're, they're they are only working in zeros and ones because they're robots, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. Exactly. The so, future's nuts. <laughs> the future is fucking nuts. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. That's that's part of what I was trying to establish here. The future's fucking nuts. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, in the interest of time, they their experiment, bada bing, bada boom, it's successful. They got what? two writhing. Nude humans. Writhing and nude. Awesome. Both writhing and nude. Pretty much immediately, these humans start going at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> if I was spawned t- into the world, Wait, what? writhing what? and nude. Are they like fully grown? Yeah, they're fully grown. Get your mind out of the gutter. Why are they fully grown? <laughs> 
Because robots do everything faster, including uh, maturing the uh, organic life, the organic life that they've created. Yeah, I okay. buy it. I buy they it. They didn't. They didn't like genetically engineer like a tiny baby. They genetically engineered Adam and Eve using the the formulas that they gleaned from the Beeblay. And oh, so they had they to take about. a rib out of Adam. Exactly. Exactly. In a totally non-sexist move. So they made an the Adam first. They made an Adam first. Snatched that rib. Fashioned it into an Eve. Nice. Bada bing, bada boom. For the second time, you got two sexy humans. And so, yeah, they start going at it. And they're going at it, and they're going at it. And the robots are a little taken aback by this, the students. Because they're like, you know, we really wanted to, like, study you guys. And, like, mm-hmm. as much fun as it is to watch you have sex. And it is a lot of fun. Um, like, could we... Could we like maybe understand a little bit more about you? Like, like what what's it like being birthed into this world, fully grown humans? Uh, and somehow they've uh, in the in the robo future, the robo the robots speak robo English, and it's close enough to regular English that they have. I guess that doesn't really make any sense because these they've created these <laughs> they've created these humans. <laughs> they've created old timey humans that speak old timey English that they don't speak. <laughs> No, you know what they 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 uh, the humans speak robot English, so right, it's just nice. the commu- communication isn't an issue here. That's gonna be really weird to see these these humans just spouting those zeros and ones. They do, but it's uh, yeah. I would love if the whole film was <laughs> zeros and ones, and then there were subtitles in English. <laughs> That's super hot, Luke. It is really hot, and like subtitled movies. Super hot. I, I just, I don't know if we Yeah, wanna... like, think about all the, the sexy French films that you've seen. I, and I've seen a lot. Uh, it's, a, it's a good uh. point, but, like, this is another layer of complexity to an already needlessly com- and, complex... And Fran- French is, like, the zeros and ones of Europe, you know? I, I would assume that you know what that means because you took French in high school, but... Anyway, that, that again, is not an important part of this. An import- the How important do you part say, is, wow! That's shiny and binary. <laughs> that is the first thing that they say that isn't like a guttural orgasmic noise. They are immediately uh, amazed by how shiny everything is and are immediately, the, the robots figure out that they've created a world that's simply too shiny for human eyes. So they give them some, some well, they are in kind of a dank basement right now. Mm-hmm. But after they're done copulating and for a while, mm-hmm. these robots decide to take these two out uh, mm-hmm. for... A little tour of New New York, and it is like it's so shiny. Mm-hmm. Wow! And yeah, the humans are like, "Dang, this is really shiny." Um, All right, I'm, I'm finally s- seeing it now. This is a shiny place, dude. Will it is so shiny? Um, but these humans, they've been out uh, on the street for a little while, and they just start going at it again. Like they can't <laughs> keep their hands off each other. Um. And uh, other robots on the street start noticing this, and they're like, yo, what is going on here? Like, those robots are fleshy and human-like. Like, so, so you know, this is the... This is what I imagine that, ro- or that humans look like. Like, they have, you know, they have historical archives of what humans look like, so that they know what they're seeing, but at the same time, they've never seen this before. And uh, some are fascinated by it, some are disgusted by it, um, but very quickly, word uh, word gets around New New York that there are uh, naked humans having sex 
on the yeah. street and like just more generally there are like some students have created humans and does like, someone start filming their copulation and projecting it onto New Times Square? Everybody is filming oh, it, yeah. Man. Like, everybody everybody films everything. Like, it's an even more extreme version of the current world that we live in. Because they are robots, their eyeballs are actually cameras. Oh, Dang. Wow. They, they automatically record everything. But yeah, some, some prankster uh, hacks into the live feed in the, uh, the big old LED screen in New New York, mm-hmm. time, New Times Square, Robo. Yeah. And uh, is 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 uh, projecting this, and so everybody sees it. And very soon, the government, uh, the robo government, takes notice of this. And uh, there are a lot of rumors flying around uh, that there is this uh, series of great historical films called the the Terminator franchise. <laughs> And uh, what they have gleaned from this franchise is that humans were the thing that was keeping robots down. Oh in my the past. god! So the government decides that it is not okay for these humans to be existing, and so they send out team after team, squad after squad of robo mercenaries to shit. take down these humans. Uh. The students and creators of Adam and Adam 2.0 and Eve 2.0 get wind of this, and they let Adam 2.0 and Eve 2.0 oh no, and they have a very tough decision to make. But they decide that at the end of the day, because everything is recorded by their eyeballs, and because the government uh, has the right to see anything through anybody's eyeballs, the best thing that they can do is get Adam 2.0 and Eve 2.0 away as far away from them as possible and to essentially let them go free in the wild. So they do this. They drive them to the edge of the city to a, a forest and tearfully kick them out of their hover car. Oh, hold on a sec. Does this forest, is it like verdant and beautiful and, and, uh, utopic and could there be possibly a snake in inside of it it's you're right on everything up until the snake part okay okay it's not that on the nose a snakey snake. <laughs> is there is, two is there two of is, every animal <laughs> it is very on the nose they uh, the humans uh robots aren't like super into the whole natural world thing because they're all about the ones and zeros and like cities and bustle and hustle and shiny sure, stuff yeah Trees, yeah. not as shiny. So at this point in the movie, there would be a, a, something that would flash up that would say, you are now safe to remove your eclipse glasses. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, baby. And so there is a dramatic change in the film. At this point, Donald Trump is like, what glasses? <laughs> Donald Trump can't read, so he, he wouldn't know one way or the other anyway. Um, but so, yeah, there's a dramatic shift. Uh, these Adam and Eve are still going at it like constantly, but now they're in the woods. Mm-hmm. Time goes by, and uh, the government is just like they're baffled. Like they're robots, so you'd think they're smart, but they're just like so stupid that they don't think to go into the forest and look for them. So time goes by. They keep Adam and Eve keep going at it. Sooner rather than later, they start having little babbies. Oh, babbies and. Generations pass. These babbies have babbies. The whole mm. incest thing, apparently not an issue. 
Yeah. So basically, uh, there, you know, the rest of the movie, there are these kind of close shaves with the robo government, with the mm-hmm. robo mercenaries. But basically, uh, Adam and Eve and their progeny are repopulating this forest. And at the very end of the film, in the midst of, uh, you know, cutting between the many sex scenes that go on. I mean, I, this is an erotic thriller, Hell so there's yeah. lots yeah. of sex. Like, I'm trying to maximize yeah. the amount of sex that's in this movie if you haven't. If sex you haven't is erotic and shininess is thrilling. So you got it all. Yes, yes, yes. But also, <laughs> what else is thrilling is that there are robots hunting these humans. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's true, too. But it's not I super. I guess. It's, it's, like, mildly thrilling because, again, the robo-mercenaries are, like, pretty bad at their jobs. Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, they're more suited to track robos, robots, than they are uh-huh. to track, you know, like, like, like hairless apes, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, these well, humans. They're looking out for shiny things and they can't find it. Exactly. They're looking out for shiny things, not, like, dull uh, wood homes yeah thatched roof cottages mud huts you know and, and uh, then of, of course the skin color flesh and areolas pink pink right. little areolas pink some pink some red some brown yeah some uh, a, uh you know a deep crimson it's true, some yeah. clear some clear areolas of all colors yeah of all colors all shapes and sizes um some square some square <laughs> some spherical Thanks. I feel very seen right now. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> we don't discriminate. But anyway, basically the end, at the end of this film, there's been a complete uh, human society built in this, in this woods. And uh, at the very end, we zoom way out Whoa. from the society. And we realize that this whole time, I just decided... They've been in Central Park. Whoa! <laughs> and that's the end? And it's like... there's Central this, Park isn't that big. It's a lot bigger now. Like, everything about New New York is a lot bigger. <laughs> so, like, the, the robos built up, like, basically all of the surrounding water from the, you know, the, the main island that comprises New York City and, like, all of what was... The first, like the original New York City, is now a giant. It's like forest. it's like the village by M Night Shyamalan. Like they're just like for some reason unaware of the fact that they're in this very small space. <laughs> yes, this they're- does make the robot mercenaries seem even more stupid, though. <laughs> <laughs> like I by, said, they're like, really stupid, and they don't have like because th- their eyes are calibrated for the shininess of the city. It's like they really have no reason to go out into the woods because just like robots just don't do yeah. that. So they just like they look into the woods and all they see is just like just darkness, inky darkness, pitch black. Yeah, complete yeah. inky darkness. I get that. So I thought this whole time, Jacob. Yeah, you were leading to finale. Uh huh. That was something along the lines of the humans rise up. Yeah. They totally take out the robots. Right. But because it's still early stages of human development, they haven't built storytelling yet. Oh, my Mm. God. And this is it. It's a never-ending cycle of robots creating people, humans creating robots, robots outliving humans, and then creating people again. 
Dude, that's a real mindfuck. That's an incredible idea, and I think that like maybe by the the fourth movie in this franchise, <laughs> that idea will be kicking around. But like m- more of what I was doing and what I really kind of failed to failed to complete was setting up like a sort of a Planet of the Apes type thing, where um... at the very end, like the humans were like, "All right, we have uh, gotten all that we can out of this forest. Now it's time to." to go out into the world and and retake it like we, they many generations later have had these legends of the robots that created them and they're finally ready to take arms and take back what they perceive to once be theirs because yeah so that's kind of kind of the end of the movie is them getting ready for an assault on the outside world i love it and, and then, then part two starts with all of them wandering out of central park Instantly going blind and getting slaughtered by the robots. <laughs> That'd be a real bummer. Yeah, and then the rest of the second movie is just more about how shiny the future is. <laughs> well, do do the robots ever become sex robots? Like, do they learn? Oh, there's the best no robot. No, the, there's the best, no. There's the no best robot sex in this Wait, movie. You're saying there's no sex robots no. in this movie? There's no sex Why did you tease them having sexual anatomy then? You, what was the point? I was of that? just going along with what you were saying. You know, guys, more and more it seems less like I have an obsession with sex robots and more that you guys have an obsession I, with sex wrong. robots. That's Hashtag just absolutely turning wrong. Turning the tables. <laughs> Hashtag You dream about sex robots every night except for one, Jacob. <laughs> Doesn't everybody though? You know what, Jacob? I don't even know if I want to ship this anymore. Yeah, I don't know. The, man. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna finish Jacob's pitch, and that's no, the, the sex. You, the robots turn no, into sex no, robots no, 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 so that no. they can more accurately, adequately wrong, catch wrong. the 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 humans. You, you guys need to evaluate my movie based on its merits, not on the inclusion or exclusion of sex robots. <sighs> Boy, well, what do you, what, what do we do, Luke? What do we do? I mean, what merits are there without sex robots? Uh, that's the thing. A beautifully told I, I think story. The, I think they're inseparable. The thing, the, the, the problem here is we we were instructed by our sponsors to do uh, erotic thrillers this week, Jacob, and 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 you created something that tantalizingly has robots and has thrills and has chills, right? But the problem is the humans. All they really do is fuck to copulate, you know, and to, like, reproduce, you know? No. Yeah, there's nothing erotic about that. There's no foreplay. Yeah, they're just they're just kind of, like, mashing bits together. I At never least that's how I remember, said that That's how no I imagined foreplay. it in my mind when you said it. Well, then that's on you. Passionate lovemaking is much more than just smashing bits together. All right, I guess I'm going to reluctantly ship this, yeah. Jacob, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'm going to ship all. it, but, like, just sort of to the next state, you know what I mean? To New Jersey. I'm just going to ship it a, across across yeah, the river we're to New Jersey. Ship, ship it, it to the rewrite department so they say. can throw in some sex robots. Right. <laughs> ship it to the point where somebody else rewrites it to make it more to your liking. I, you know what? I can accept that. Because I did kind of tease and also directly tell you guys that I was going to pitch a sex robot movie. Yeah. And then I totally blue balled you. So, yeah. yeah. So, listeners <laughs> at home, feel free to start booing Jacob right now. Please yeah. do. 
You yeah, know, I, let your hair down and boo in ecstasy. I deserve it, and uh, I so find the whole that, neighborhood I find you. that pretty erotic, to be c- completely honest with you. So do do your worst. Well, stay pitchy out there as you're booing Jacob. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing and, next uh, week? Next week we're gonna pitch micro budget films. Yeah, these are movies that have little to no budget. Yeah, but we can't afford. They're shine. still gonna. We can't afford they're, shackles. Conspicuously not the same as B movies. Yeah. They're small they're they're serious movies just they're on a serious, tight budget. Well made movies on a small budget. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, think think the type of film you'd see at your local art house theater. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's and, that. uh, that's that. You can find us on social at pitch underscore hunt. Email us at Jacob at pitchhunt.org, Luke at pitchhunt.org, and Will at pitchhunt.org. Or all of us at info at pitchhunt.org. Check out our website, pitchhunt.org. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. We love you. We love you very much. We love you. Very much. Very, very much. Bye. See ya. Toodle-doodle. Toodle-doodle.